Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. KS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. I tell you what, I don't like seeing on this, uh, on the coaches' rankings. SEC by Dave Bartu and his buddy, Adam. I do not... I do not like seeing that Auburn has the number one quarterback coach in the league. Hugh Freeze is already really good at coaching quarterbacks. But then throw in the fact that Philip Montgomery, his QB coach, is ranked not just as the number one, but with a 94.5 rating, it's not like some of these other guys on the second team that have 75-point rating out of 100. Philip Montgomery at Auburn is, we like to label a lot of people as a quarterback whisperer, like David Cutcliffe, but Philip Montgomery is actually a QB whisperer, and uh, Hugh Freeze hired him. That's a heck of a hire by you, baby. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, is brought to you by the uh, ribeye, side of scallops, and some bacon-wrapped shrimp. Long Branch Bourbon, Kessler Prime in the Renaissance, KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We want to thank you for going to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, searching Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Had a really good weekend, especially for not doing the show on Friday. So thanks for going back and listening to Bartu's interview, Lugan Bill's interview, Detillier's interview, some of Steve Robertson. And a lot, most of that was timeless and still is just because it's the summer. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome right there. Steve Robertson will join us at 8.30. Dave Bartu at 9.30 on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. I know a lot of y'all are monitoring Braden Montgomery the former Madison Central star who went to Stanford. And now he's in the transfer portal, and I get it. And Mississippi State, among other teams, are making a run at him. And then Holman from Alabama, the pitcher, is going to visit several schools, including uh, LSU and Mississippi State. Lamona's... Should I, should I use the word desperately needs a number one pitcher? I'd say that's fair. <laughs> and, and I guess another question would be, does Ole Miss desperately need a number one pitcher? I mean, they're both kind of in the same boat, right? You like Gerangelo and Lofton, 
but and you like Revis and Sonia, mm-hmm. but and then there's some others, but nah, we'll see. So I yeah, you're monitoring that. That's all going to come down this week, I think, and and we'll see. You don't want him. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you don't want Holman, the pitcher from Alabama, to commit to LSU while he's there and just and shut it down. Like you you can't you can't have that happen. And you're going to get you're going against uh Nate Yeski, who's pretty much an animal. And you know, he's a big-time dude from Oregon State and A&M, and Jay Johnson plucked him from A&M. How about that? Jay Johnson stole him from Sloshnagel at A&M. He's considered a, a dude. Don't get me wrong. Mississippi State hired a, a good pitching coach. He just doesn't have that kind of track record and longevity under his belt because he's obviously not near as old as Nate Yeski. I just kind of took you around the world there. Let me get back into football. Sorry about that. <laughs> the Michelob Ultra caller line is 601-707-3750. Um, my cousin from Denver came in town, and uh, he's a big craft beer guy. And when he found out that we have Kona Brewing, Kona Big Wave, Golden Ale, he loved it. And uh, Kona Longboard, he's like, I've been drinking those beers for years. I'm like, and they're great. So try a Kona Big Wave or a Kona Longboard this week. Tell us what you think. Excellent beer made out of Hawaii. Their slogan, catch liquid aloha. Twitter handle, at Bow Bounds, and your Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. So Philip Montgomery, who is Auburn's quarterback coach, I don't like him there. I'm sure I would like him as a person. Seems like a nice guy. Um. He's coached some absolute dudes over the course of his career. RG3, Bryce Petty, Nick Florence, Kevin Cobb, Case Keenum. You think those are good players? Yeah. So, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he's part of that uh, Browse-Baylor tree. That can be good and bad. But um, he got out of there long before the stuff hit the fan. Took a head coaching job. But the bottom line is, um, Philip Montgomery is the number one quarterback coach in the Southeastern Conference. Huh. And just for Jason and other people to know, when Oklahoma joins the conference next year, Jeff Levy will not be ranked ahead of Philip Fulmer. I mean, Philip Montgomery. I, I know I know we heard how awesome he was for years. But um Philip Montgomery comes in with a ninety-four and a half point ranking as the number one QB whisperer. And that's paired with Freeze, who already knows how to coach the position. Not awesome. Satan Ole Miss both go to Auburn this year, by the way. Yeah. And it's not even close with the QB coach rankings. On the second team is the Arkansas guy, Dan Enos, 78. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> drop. It's ridiculous. That's a, that's a big, that that is a, well, compare, you know, there's some pretty big drops on here. Like your, like your guy, Pete Golden. Pete Golding is ranked as the second best defensive coordinator, but his ranking is a 75 
What's your takeaway on that, Jason? I mean, he's kind of unproven, I'd say, at, at Ole Miss in a way. So I think that's kind of fair. But if he gets some guys in, like, Santarin Perkins, if he actually makes an impact this year and a couple other guys. Santarin, yeah. Yeah, Santarin. I think uh, it's possible he can get into the 80s, mid-80s, but I think it's fair, honestly. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Jacob Peeler, who was at Ole Miss, is on this list as uh, one of the best wide receiver coaches in the SEC. No Mississippi State coaches made it. Um, But you got a bunch of new guys. Again, brand new head coach, brand new defensive coordinator, and an offensive coordinator who's never coached, who's never been the OC at the Power 5 level. Does it mean that they're not talented? I mean, now Arnett has been a play caller the last three years in the SEC and had some success. So that's a good thing for you, right? Uh, And he'll, if he needs to, he won't just look over Matt Brock's shoulder. He'll take over. He doesn't want to do that. He wants Matt Brock to be the defensive coordinator, be the play caller, so that he can do other things. But they're going to run what Arnett wants to run. So that'll be, you know, uh, he's the defensive coordinator, but your head coach was the defensive coordinator the last three years, and now uh, run those numbers a couple of different ways, can't you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, National Tattoo Day. When did you get your first tattoo, high school or college? Uh, College. I was 19. Right on the chest. Okay. Yeah. From my grandfather, who taught at Ole Miss for, you know, 34 years. And he's a big, big name up there. So, meant a lot to me. Okay. So, on National Tattoo Day, you've got two. Yes. One in honor of your grandfather. And the other one? The other's on my ribs. Um, you just partied one night? <laughs> no, I got it in New York. I, I've been thinking about it for a while. Okay. All right. I don't have one, but we would love to hear from you on National Tattoo Day. Agup.com text line 601-885-3776. Steve Robertson, 830. Yes, Wesley McGriff made the list on the uh, ranking the coaches in the SEC. Not as a coordinator, but as a DB coach for them Auburn Tigers. Breeze put together a nice staff. He really did. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Want to say good morning, welcome in. We're having fun here. This is SEC Media Days. What time does that start? It's at 11. Starts at 11 this morning. Brian Kelly on the podium, 11 a.m. All right. Uh, go ahead and ask your boss to leave for the day so that you can watch this riveting SEC media days from Nashville, Tennessee. LSU, Brian Kelly, are they the favorite in the West? Bama didn't have one assistant coach on the first or second team rankings of SEC coaches. And they're breaking in a new quarterback. And they can't find one, really. They're not sure what they have. That's why they went and got a Notre Dame transfer late. 
I mean, Mississippi State. Let's see. Ole Miss plays at Bama fourth game of the year. Mississippi State hosts Bama the fifth game of the year. Isn't that crazy that our teams play Bama back-to-back weeks? That's wild. Scary. Um, Yeah. Hey, one of my favorites, Jimbo Fisher. You know how fast Jimbo Fisher talks? I mean, it's crazy. Um, Jimbo will be on the podium... After Brian Kelly. So that that's not bad. There's some juice there. You got Brian Kelly, who had a really good year at LSU and beat Bama and went to the SEC championship game on the on the stage today for SEC Media Days. And then you have Jimbo Fisher coming. Nobody cares about Elijah Drinkwitz. <laughs> You're right. Okay. <laughs> but Brian Kelly and Jimbo and then Jimbo's I don't know if he's on the hot seat because I don't know if he can ever get on the hot seat because of his contract. But the bottom line is he's not winning. He 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 is right now he's the biggest underachiever in the Southeastern Conference. How about that? Compared to their recruiting rankings and their resources, Jimbo Fisher is just not getting the results, getting paid ten million a year, not getting the results that A and M fans want. And do we believe that they'll break out of it this year? You know, Texas A and M has to go down to Miami game two, week two. We're gonna know early if A and M's gonna do something because you can't drop that game. I know it's not a conference game. But, and I know Mario Cristobal is not really a good head coach, even though he's an unbelievable recruiter. Um, but A&M at Miami week two? Is that the game of the week? No, Bama, Texas. Okay. So they'll take... Uh, Am I missing anything? Week two, Bama, Texas is the biggest game in the country in week two. Yep, that's it. Texas A&M at Miami is number two on the marquee. We'll see what Jimbo Fisher can do there. And we'll see what Jim, who Jimbo Fisher blames today for what happened. <laughs> no, Jimbo is really, really good at not taking any accountability and, you know, handing off, passing off, whatever you want to say, the blame for what's happened at Texas A&M. So we'll see what he says today after going five and seven. That's hard to do with that. And who'd they lose to? Appalachian State. Who was App State's offensive coordinator? Kevin Barbet. Where is he now? Mississippi State. I just thought I'd tie that all together. <laughs> that was pretty good. Well, thank you. I'm impressed. Well, for Monday morning. Yeah. It's decent anyway, right? Um, so, yeah. So, we get Brian Kelly and LSU and Jaden Daniels. That's a big name. Um, oh, Jimbo's bringing a Mississippi kid. McKinley Jackson. Mm. How about that? Jimbo and the, and the crew 
Uh, came into South Mississippi, was, was that three recruiting classes ago? At least. And McKinley was rated the number one player in the state. And, and Jimbo got him. Okay. I did not see him on the list, Jason, until you dropped that off. McKinley Jackson from Mississippi will be at SEC Media Days representing Texas A&M. Day two tomorrow, Zach Arnett's first on the board. He'll be the first man up to the podium um, in his first SEC media days, too. 36 or 7 years old. Incredible. And he's bringing Will Rogers, Woody Marks, and Jaden Crumity. Those are all legit players. I mean, Will's had a heck of a career. Woody Marks has been not great, but he's been pretty good to good, right? And then Crumity was a factor right when he got into the games last year, the last couple of games of the year. And you saw what he did in the Egg Bowl, right? The battle for the Golden Egg. So And, and Kiffin is not until Thursday, the last day, and Lane Train will be without a quarterback. He is not taking Jackson Dart. And obviously he wasn't taking Sanders because Sanders really didn't play in the spring because he was hurt. And Walker Howard is, you know, a newly minted, you know, freshman, redshirt type dude. So, um, what do you think is going to be worse? Jimbo's excuses or Brian Kelly's dress? Jimbo's. Oh, whoa, that's a good question. Like, does Brian I Kelly... I think Brian can... I know what he wore at that golf outing, and that was unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, you can't... First of all, I don't care who you are. You can't wear blue jean jorts. Um, I know that's a kind of a, a muni golf outfit. Um, and that's what he, he looked like. He was going to, you know, a muni to play, to play 18 for, for nine <laughs> bucks. Um, you know, some kind of goat ranch. Here's the deal. Uh First of all, those jor- those blue jean jorts were terrible looking. Two, his shirt was untucked. He's at, I think, uh, what what's the name of the tournament down in New Orleans? Um, the Zurich Classic. I yes. think he was at the pro. I think that was right. It may have been another celebrity. Could have been the Regions one in in Birmingham. I can't remember. But I think he was down in New Orleans at the PGA event at the Pro-Am. But I could be wrong there. That could have been the... or And they also have a Chick-fil-A class. I don't know if they still do that, Jason. But they used to do that kind of, I don't know, May, June. Um, I asked to come over, to go over there one year. And they actually said yes. And I didn't make it. I would think now some other shows have, have made it a... Uh, no show had been over there. Um, but they've kind of got their celebrity coaches thing too. But the bottom line is Brian Kelly is a phenomenal golfer and you can't look like that when you're making $9 million a year as the LSU head coach. It was a bad look. It looked like he had, uh, maybe gotten after it a little bit the last 90 days as far as food, you know? Yeah. Um, love seeing that. Love seeing a coach glow up. Oh, Okay. Yeah, no, we we I think Brian Kelly will look good in a suit today. I do. I think he'll look sharp. Now I don't know if Jimbo will, but I <laughs> I, I think Brian Kelly will. 
Uh, the way that's brought to you by Kincaid's Fine Clothing Shop in Ridgeland. Speaking of a great place to get a uh, sport coat or a button down or a great pair of pants, all at Kincaid's. Kincaid's Fine Clothing Store. Keith Kincaid and his team will take care of you on Jackson Street in Ridgeland. Uh, Steve Robertson next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. The SEC Insider Hit. Presented by your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Go local. Go with a home team. Uh, go by and load up on Boar's Head Premium Meats and Cheeses and uh, make you a Boar's Head Pizza tonight. Boar's Head Premium Meats and Cheeses. And put together a Boar's Head Pizza tonight. Either in the oven or on the egg. Powered by Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. You can find it at many, 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 many grocery stores in the state of Mississippi and coast to coast. Fifth generation owned American company since 1905 out of New York. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. We'll welcome in Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Steve, do you want to start with uh, the transfer portal in baseball? Braden Montgomery, former Madison Central star, uh, has had a good career at Stanford. He's now in the portal. Handicap it for me. Where does Braden Montgomery land? Well, I want to start with a talk about you getting a tattoo. Oh, okay. All right. I want to be your sponsor with that. I'll, you know, I, I even hold your hand, but I think you can make it through that. Why deny your your listeners the opportunity to see something epic like that? Well, I, I saw that Mr. DX on Twitter was like, "Hey, you need a YouTube live. You getting a a tattoo? Um, should I get it on my left or right butt cheek? I, th- I think you got to go right. Okay, uh, you know, make it easier to apply that lotion while it's healing. But nevertheless, <laughs> uh, how many, how many tattoos do you have? Uh, four, right leg, left leg. No, I guess I got six now, or five. I got my chest, right, left leg, right, left arm. Okay. So, uh, are you are you hunting another one soon, or are you kind of in a limbo, a kind of a wait and see stage? Where are we? As soon as I get out of the chair, I'm already thinking about the next one. So, okay, yeah, I'll, I got I got some big plans, but uh, but to, to change gears to back to Braden Montgomery. You know, I feel good about where State sits, but there's still a lot left to go in this process. And I think that's the thing. You know, there's been a lot of social media traffic where people are like, oh, this is imminent that he's about to commit to Mississippi State. Now, I think ultimately the Bulldogs are probably going to win out here. But that said, uh, he's still got visits to take. And uh, I understand this week that's what the process will be about, kind of like, you know, hearing everybody out and deciding where he wants to visit, and then he'll push towards a decision. But, uh, you know, he's a very intelligent guy from a very intelligent and well-accomplished family. So he's not a guy that's going to, you know, rush this process and make an emotional decision. And so uh, he's doing his own due diligence and working with his representation and, and uh, figuring out what's his best options. But uh, I like where State sits. But, again, uh, you know, until we get to the visits, it's, it's difficult to really say for sure what's going to happen. Okay. Give me a schedule. I don't know it yet. I don't think he knows it yet either. You know, uh, confirmed yesterday that uh, he did go visit Texas A&M. And what's interesting is, like, I had somebody share about two weeks ago that A&M was going to be a factor. And 
I put that out on a message board and people are like, well, this just doesn't compute. Well, you know, he's got relationships out there. Chuck Box is out there and Noah Kane is out there. And uh, so, yeah, it kind of makes sense. But uh, I don't think it's going to be A&M unless something changes. I mean, I talked to a couple people closely affiliated with the Aggie baseball program. They're happy to get him on campus, but they don't think he's going to pick uh, Texas A&M. And he could. He could surprise us all. But uh, that would be a surprise at this point. Okay. What about – so who's it going to – who is Mississippi State's biggest competitor in this deal? Well, I mean, they've been so tight-lipped about it, it's kind of difficult to handicap that aspect of it. I do know that TCU has been involved with them. I don't think that he'll go there. I think ultimately he will pick an SEC school. I believe Tennessee will be involved. I've heard that LSU has some interest, but – you know, until he, until he starts working through this process, because he's finished up Team USA Baseball, it's all been kind of a whirlwind summer for Braden. And so uh, I think he's got to give him a little time, let him sort through it. But I do think when it's all said and done, he will be at a Southeastern Conference school. Okay. You sound pretty confident. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, – obviously he is – you know, he's friends with Hunter Hines and Ross Highfield, among other guys on the Mississippi State roster, right? Dakota Jordan and so on. Yeah, he's got some relationships. And I, I would say I'm just cautiously optimistic. I mean, every day, like yesterday, I, I had a ton of people, you know, messaging me saying, hey, he's going to be a dog, he's going to be a dog. And I think a lot of that is just people kind of regurgitating what they've read on social media. I just don't mm-hmm. think a lot of that is rooted in fact. I think, you know, people are hopeful. Uh, but I don't think at this point that um, – I don't think he's made a decision, and I think it's going to take a little time before he does. And, uh, yeah, this, he is arguably the best player in the transfer portal. And I don't just mean uh, available guys in the portal. I, I mean everybody that has entered this portal process. You could make a case that he is the best transfer prospect this cycle. So, you know, he owes it to himself to kind of figure out what's best. And one of the things that I have been told that is attractive about Mississippi State, besides the obvious, is the fact that, uh, you've got a lineup that's expected to be really good. And that's something they can protect him. You know, whether you put him in the two-hole or not, I mean, that's probably where I would put him because he is a guy that, uh, number one, can hit for average and for some pop. But you put him in front of Hunter Hines and Dakota Jordan, probably going to have a good chance of scoring a lot of runs. And uh, this is – you know, baseball is going to be a big part of this decision. A lot of people always talk about all the other extracurriculars. But – yeah, you know, this is a guy we're expecting to be a first or second round draft pick next year. And, and with the right year, uh, he could be a guy that's taken in the first half of the first round. And so, you know, he needs to make a baseball decision that uh, gives him the opportunity to truly showcase his skills and show that he's worthy of millions. Because I think this time next year, he's going to be cashing a big check. Uh, how, where do you, how do you see his role on the mound? I, I think that, I think that's up to him. You know what I mean? I think you give him the opportunity to pitch. And, uh, you know, obviously you've got some other arms coming in. And whether that's Tuesday night or whether that's in relief or whether that's on Sunday like they do with Jake Mangum, I think all that is kind of up to him. Uh, I, I do know from what I understand that he would have the opportunity to pitch at Mississippi State and basically be a two-way guy. And so I think that just boils down to how effective he can be. You know, how, how well can he and Justin Parker mesh? Uh, and then find a role for himself. But uh, is he capable of pitching on Sundays in the SEC? I think he is. You know, I, I think that's one of the things you look at and say, well, does he become a two-inning guy in DH one day or whatever? I think that's something that can still be fleshed out. But I, I think that that's going to ultimately be up to him and how well he acclimates to pitching on the Southeastern Conference mound. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. 
Um, okay, let's go to Luke Holman. There seems uh, the the Alabama transfer that Mississippi State's in the mix, LSU, maybe Tennessee. Uh, you get the sense there's a lot of concern about Jay Johnson and and Nate Yeski. Can can Justin Parker win this battle with Yeski? I think they can. Um, I think the big thing is to get him on campus, and uh, you know that's the thing. Let me just say this as nicely as I can. Uh, there has never been a player in any sport of note that the LSU media didn't expect the Tigers to get. That's a good point. It doesn't matter if it's football, men's basketball, tiddlywinks, Chinese checkers, whatever. Right. They think and if they don't get him, it's because the, the, he wasn't good enough to be a Tiger. Right. Right. So, right. All due respect to our LSU fans out there. I lived in Baton Rouge 16 years. I'm well acquainted uh, with the <laughs> LSU media. Uh, and I love those guys to death, but you talk about being optimistic and then that's <laughs> a friendly way to say it. Uh, they expect to get every single player in the country in every sport, no matter who the competition is. And so you got to take all that with a grain of salt. And, um, I'm, I'm sure media days will be an absolute hoot with those guys around, but, uh, yeah, they're a real threat. And, and a lot of it's what's interesting too, uh, Bo is a lot of people said, Hey, well, uh, LSU's telling him he can be the next Paul Skeens. The first thing I'll tell you about that, nobody is going to be the next Paul Skeens. That, that's a generational-type deal right there. And the guy that de- helped develop Paul Skeens and make him an a, a lead pitcher to be the best pitcher has left to go to the University of Georgia. Now, all due respect to Nate Yeski, but the job that Wes Johnson did with Paul Skeens is remarkable. It absolutely is. But, uh, yeah, they're a threat, and I think in the end it probably boils down to LSU, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. I've heard Auburn kind of mentioned a little bit as a dark horse, but in the end I don't think he goes there. Uh, and he is a small-town kid, you know, and that kind of – I think that helps State when uh, when you get those guys that maybe aren't big fans of interstate travel. You know, I mean, there's just a lot that goes on uh, in some of these bigger cities. But, uh, I, honestly, I think Tennessee might be – state's biggest competition but you never count lsu out i mean everybody knows they're willing to write the big nil check and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that that's mm-hmm. permissible these days and so you got to understand kind of going into this thing there's that's what you're dealing with you're dealing with the defending national champions that have a tremendous amount of resources they're not scared to use them so it's still difficult to handicap but state's right there in it and uh, they'll he'll visit starkville here in a day or so and uh, we'll see how things go okay and you feel like Mississippi State will get a visit regardless of what happens? Yeah, because he he's in Tennessee now. And so he's, he's scheduled to go to Tennessee, then Mississippi State, then LSU, and then he may visit Auburn. And that's, that's kind of happened here in the last, you know, 48 hours, I guess. Okay. But, uh, but that's that's not a done deal either. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how things go. But I like where State sits with him, but I, I like where State sits with Braden Montgomery a lot better. And, I, I don't, and that's even not knowing who all the visits are going to be from Montgomery. I, I think it's more of a natural fit. Uh, but I do think Holman's a guy that, uh, you know, this is another kid that's going to cash a big check next year. So uh, the development piece is important. And that's the thing you look at. I mean, you know, Frank at Tennessee has done a phenomenal job. You know, uh, Nate Yeski, one of the best young pitching coaches in the country. And then you get Justin Parker. So you can see that. Holman is prioritizing programs that have guys that can help him get to the next level. Right. I think that's an aspect of this. Okay. Now, it, it, at Mississippi State, they're selling him an opportunity to be the number one guy. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing, too. If he wants to be a Friday night guy in the SEC, then his best option is probably going to be Mississippi State. Because when you look at LSU, 
And Thatcher Hurd was a guy last year that uh, LSU kind of took a chance on because uh, he'd had the back end issue, and a lot of people didn't know if he was going to be the same. That guy was electric in Omaha. And he was kind of up and down this year, but they kind of figured some things out, and you got to feel like he's probably uh, your Friday night guy next year. And then Jump, of course, comes in from UCLA, former teammate at Thatcher Hurd, and you start thinking, all right, well, is he your Saturday guy or your Sunday guy? So if you're Holman, you're kind of going into kind of a kind of a busy kitchen right there. And then you you look on the other side of Tennessee, well, you know, they're they're clearly established with Drew Bean as a Friday night guy. So you're probably a Saturday or Sunday guy there. So it just depends, you know, it is he willing to accept the role deeper into the weekend? Yeah, pro- probably, possibly. But if he wants to be a Friday night guy and to be that guy, be an ace of a staff, his best chance among his suitors is going to be Mississippi State. All right. Um, what else is out there for Lamona Scotro and Justin Parker, the, the new young base? Any, any like 33 years old, Steve? Yeah, that's about right. Okay. Um, there's okay. a few other names out there. I just, I can't, what my understanding is, I mean, just kind of doing my own due diligence here is I, I think they want to get through this Holman visit and maybe ultimately decision before they really start cranking things up because I, you got to prioritize Holman. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and there's some guys they're in communication with, and maybe they've talked about taking a visit next week, but I think you've got to get through the Holman week and then let the traffic clear around you and kind of see where things are. So, uh, so big week with, they could find out with both Holman and Montgomery this week. Although Montgomery, it sounds like this could be a while. You just said he could take his time and, and go through not just three, but you know maybe even more visits, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Holman is closer to a decision, but that's not to say that Brad may not wake up tomorrow and say, "Hey, I don't want to do all this. I'm just going to go to Mississippi State, or I'm going to go to TCU, or wherever." I mean, that could always happen. But uh, generally, people like Braden Montgomery, you know, people that are highly educated and high achieving, they take a little more methodical approach to things. They don't make emotional decisions, and so. Uh, I think Montgomery's probably next week uh, at best. And uh, initially, I was told that he wouldn't. It wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a long drawn out process. But he just finished up Team USA baseball, so you got to afford him the opportunity uh, to take some time with himself and his family and figure this thing out. And then everybody that I talked to, and I, I know a lot of people that know that family well uh, from Gluckstadt, you know, people in the Germantown community that you will not find anybody to say anything negative about Braden Montgomery. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how many people I've talked to. The first thing they lead with is man, what a great kid, man, what a great guy. I mean, that, that's, and, and wouldn't that be how we'd all want to be known, right? It's not just the fact that this guy's an elite baseball player, but the very first thing that everybody leads with is the quality of young man he is. And I think that speaks well of him and his parents. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show. This interview is brought to you by the Mushroom and Swiss Burger at Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Starkville, and Tupelo. Uh, we, okay, we'll go to football. Are you are you going to Nashville? I'm going to Nashville, but I'm not going to media days. I've got I'm going up to uh, 247 Sports headquarters and spend a couple days with them, and we'll shoot some video content, and have some meetings, and uh, you know we still got three years on a deal, so in, you never know. I may go in there and. Uh, you know, demand that we're having a record year. Somebody just go in there and say, okay, let's renegotiate the deal. But, uh, <laughs> okay. So you're going to Nashville, but not hitting SEC media days. All right, cool. I don't blame you. Better chance of me going to see Striper in concert tonight at basement East. And there is me going to media days. I got you. Okay. I'm not going either. Um, 
I'm going to Lexington tomorrow. I am going to an SEC town tomorrow in Lexington, Kentucky, but I'm not I'm not going to Nashville for I, I did go I kind of felt good about it, Steve, last year. I flew into Atlanta and saw Jimbo Fisher on the last I didn't know he was gonna go five and seven. But um he was the last guy on the podium and I got there. 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, 30, 20, 30 minutes before he jumped up on the, on the stage. Uh, and then I had to go see the Braves play and, um, Shohei Otani was pitching for, um, the angels. And so I, I called all that and, um, that was pretty cool. Let's see. All right. Football. Uh, I guess. There's not really a lot going on. Arnett and the crew are kind of getting back from vacation, just like everybody across the country. I, I don't think you're expecting anything earth-shattering from Will Rogers, Woody Marks, or or Jaden Crumity. No, I don't think so. I don't think anybody's breaking any news. You know, and I think Zach Arnett too. You after being around him for a couple years now, you know, Zach's not a guy that wants to make headlines at the podium. You know, he's mm-hmm. a guy who wants to do it on the field. And so, I, I, again, I think Will Rogers, I think, will, will have a really good, uh, m- you know, media week. I think people will uh, will enjoy being around Will. Because, sure. You know, he, number one, he's so well-spoken, but he's also an established commodity within this league, you know. And um, I think I think that's going to be a big part of it. But, uh, yeah, I think the SEC media is going to be awfully impressed with Zach Arnett. And uh, there are a couple things that, about Zach that I think are very interesting outside of the fact that he's uh, one of the youngest college football coaches in the country. If you ask Zach Arnett a question, he's going to answer it. And there's so many coaches, of course, they, and their media relations people kind of, you know, they get them prepared and say, oh, we don't, we, this is our message. We don't want to talk about this. We want to make sure we get this across. That, that doesn't work with Zach, okay? Mm-hmm. Zach's going to go in there and answer his questions. Now, I'm sure Brandon Langwall will say, hey, a couple things we want to get on the record today. And maybe he does that in his opening speech. But Zach Arnett is a fire and shoot guy, man. I mean, like if you if you ask him, hey, well, what's going on at linebacker? You know, he'll just kind of put his head down, shake his head, and say, well, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that, and you know, either we're going to have to learn to play two hand touch, or you know, it's just he's going to give you the answer that he's going to be quotable, and uh, but he's also going to be honest, and that's one thing that's very refreshing. I think that's one of the reasons that so many of our fans were so excited when Arnett got elevated because. He is a no-nonsense guy. He's really a throwback in many respects. And I don't know if you read it, but I had a chance here about a week and a half ago uh, to speak to Jared Pachanko. And um, Zach Arnett, in his high school career, was the varsity catcher for three years. He lost one game in three years, and he caught two big leaguers. How about that? I read in, that, yeah. In addition to that, what's crazy about that is they were the they won 70 consecutive games a national record, I and mean, it's amazing. And mm. so this is the this is what at La Cueva High School. This is what Zach Arnett has experienced. This is a guy that is a winner. And we talk all the time about recruiting. You know, certain guys don't fit your metrics, you know, but they're winning players, whether it be football, baseball, or basketball. And that's what you have with Zach Arnett. You've got a winning guy, and and I think that's one of the reasons the defense has played so well is he has credibility in the room. You know, he's, they, it's not, he can put on his YouTube highlights and show them, hey, here I was, an undersized linebacker, playing Division One football at the University of New Mexico as a walk-on and uh, ultimately got a scholarship and became the captain of the defense. I mean, that guy gets respect in the room, and that's what I think that you'll see happen in media days this week. Zach Arnett will have respect in the room, 
And I think ultimately Mississippi State will too. But uh, even though – I mean, they're going to pick us last. I mean, I think Vanderbilt will be the only team that gets less votes. But I think Zach Arnett, that's probably the story for SEC media days for Mississippi State is it's not going to be Will Rogers or the players. It's going to be the fact that Zach Arnett is going to come across as a very credible and capable head coach. And I think that's a story that needs to be told. And Will's not really getting any respect as a three-year starter who's won at Ole Miss, at A&M, at Auburn, and at Arizona. And you don't just do that um, at a program like MSU or Arkansas or Ole Miss. So he's not he's not really getting any respect, Steve. Um, you had mentioned that, that you feel like he's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger since you've seen him once or twice over the last 30 to 60 days. Yeah, I think so. And like I told you, he, he threw the ball really well at Pro Day. But, you know, this whole disrespect thing with Will Rogers goes all the way back to high school. We couldn't get the kid properly ranked, and now he's one of the most prolific passers in the history of college football. And so then he does that, and everybody says, oh, he's a system quarterback. And now we're we're changing the system, and they're like, well, you know, it, it's amazing. All these people have just absolutely just poo-pooed all over the air raid for three years. And like, oh, this will never work in the SEC. And, and listen, it, it wasn't as good as we hoped it would be. It was still pretty good. Now we're changing schemes to promote more balance. All oh, we're changing schemes. Make up your mind, okay? I mean, it's basically this got nothing to do with your talking point. It's the fact that you've got an inherent bias against Mississippi State. And that's the thing that's just so amazing. When you look at the schedule this year in the returning roster, anybody that can pick Mississippi State last in the SEC West has no business not just voting at media days, but attending media days or being credentialed as a member of the SEC media. It's absolutely ludicrous. So you're saying that you and Barrett, Sally or Salee, I can't remember how you pronounce it, um, are having dinner tonight in Nashville? I don't think that will ever happen, you know, uh, even if he's willing to pay. You know, it's like one of the reasons that I don't even like going to media days, I don't want to be associated with all of this, uh, all this nonsense. I mean, it, and we had our, uh, you know, recently had our voting panel and I, I know exactly how it's going to go because guys don't do their research. And it's like, how many times that you, have we seen, uh, you know, like Bernardrick McKinney doesn't get an all FCC mention, right? Doesn't get one. Last year, Jed Johnson, Bookie Watson were among the top returning tacklers in the Southeastern conference. They didn't get a sniff. And what do they do? They go out there and lead the SEC in tackling at one and two. And so there's no credibility. I mean, anybody can make a list. I mean, it takes no special talent or skill. Let's just throw these out here and get everybody mad, and, and, we'll, and we'll write stupid and absurd stuff to get engagement because people will then come to our, our website or our social media feed, and they'll click that, and then they'll be angry. And, you know, I, I think that whole agent provocateur part of journalism is offensive to the reader. I think just go out there and do the right thing rather than just kind of write things that are outlandish, just trying to get engagement. I think it's absolutely ludicrous, and I, and I'm just, I keep all that at arm's length. I just have, I have no interest in being involved in it. I like how fired up you are. I really do. And um, we'll leave it there, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, I hope you – are you in Nashville right now? I'm leaving around lunchtime. Okay. Well, maybe you'll run into Jeremy Pruitt. He probably needs someone to buy him lunch. Um, It'd probably be a McDonald's deal, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks, man. We'll see you. Jeanspage.com, the Boneyard Podcast. Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. And that interview was brought to you by the amazing, delicious, mouth-watering burgers. And there are plenty to choose from at Bulldog Burger. 
Lake Harbor and Ridgeland, Startville, right by campus, and Tupelo. Bulldog Burger. I I think I've got to go to Bulldog Burger later in the week. For sure. And enjoy an ice-cold Stella Artois. Or uh, Michelob Ultra, among other wonderful beers there at Bulldog Burger. And get you some onion rings and Philly spring rolls, too. Uh, All right. First interviews in the books. We'll have Dave Bartu at 930 on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. I'm heading to Lexington, Kentucky tomorrow. Bourbon country. I'm looking forward to it.